0: cut that out. Yeah, cuz <laughs> now now you can. <laughs> now you can.
1: <laughs> you can. Prevent forest fires. <laughs> <laughs> Only
0: you can prevent forest fires. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Carpet Time Confessions. I'm Tyler
1: and I'm Deja.
0: And to get us started, we're going to do our check-in with our
1: roses and thorns. All right. I guess I can start this week. Um, my rose, I think it's just that it's a new month. I was very ready for July to be over. It was a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm happy that we're in a new month. I have a lot going on in August, um, including dropping my little sister off to college. which Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. I'm so happy um, and excited to finally go and drop her off, but a little nervous. Not in a bad way, but just a new start for her, which is different. And I don't have a thorn this week. What about you? Wow.
0: We love positivity. No thorns.
1: Thorn,
0: no thorn this week. What about you? <laughs> hmm, I forgot that we did this, so I didn't think of a rose and a thorn, but I can come up with something right now. My thorn is that I waited too long to eat that French toast from Knickerbocker Beagle. Sad about it. Um, my rose, I'm gonna, mm, there are options. I think I'm gonna go with industry came back, and uh, I didn't watch the first episode yet, but it is back. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's heroes and that
1: is still good. What's industry?
0: So, industry is a show on HBO that is about, I want to say investment banking, uh, but it's not about, <laughs> <laughs> it's not about like doing the, the, it, okay, it is kind of about, okay, no it's about a workplace like the the institution in this industry and the first like crop of recruits or whatever i i guess i still don't know a lot about the world of investment banking i've learned nothing from this show but like once they get out of school they rank their what banks they want to be paired up with and then i don't know there's like a draft i may i may be making this up but anyway and someone scammed their way in. I'm pretty sure that was a plot. Yeah, I think this main girl scammed her way in there. And like, that's her backstory. But it's just so much money. It's so stressful. But for whatever reason, I'm so invested. I don't care about investment making. I don't know anything about it. But I really be biting my nails at these little deals they got going on. When they're watching the stock market um, little chart things. Ooh, stress. But yeah, that's what industry is. <laughs>
1: Well, I love that for you. And I hope um, once you watch it, which I'm sure I'll hear about it, <laughs> but all those things will still be very true for you. Yeah. Anything else? More, uh, more than you had to think. So, do you have more than one?
0: Oh, well, I could have talked about the lemon pasta that I made because it was
1: pretty good. Very yeah, sure about the lemon pasta. Chef well, talked. I
0: opened up TikTok, saw a lady making lemon pasta, and I was like, me too. <laughs> uh, so. And I didn't tell you this either, but I, I needed I needed lemon and I needed something else, um, the pasta, mm-hmm. and also garlic and uh, I get, uh also lime. I just needed a lot of things, but really not even that many. But I did not want to go to the store, and so, being the person that I am, I Uber Eats the groceries this time. I didn't do Instacart, mm-hmm. so I order. I'm ordering the groceries and uh, the lemons says $2 and it says four pieces. I'm like, okay, I only need to put one in here because one is $2. That's four lemons. That's enough lemons. I wanted three, but four is good. I'll use it, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I like fill it with some other stuff, right? So I got some Topo Chico. Well, whatever. I didn't really get that many things excess. I just got the Topo Chico as well. I'm just like, that's a fun treat. Mm -hmm. Now- Groceries come. I look down. I see one lemon. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is like not enough. That woman used three lemons. What <laughs> am I going to do? I'm like, oh, I got some like the, the real, it's not real, like, right. It's not real. The real juice that's real, but is it? It's, it's from concentrate, whatever. I got that, that everyone keeps in the house. And I'm like, it's kind of doing the lean down. I'm like, do I have enough lemon juice to make the lemon pasta of my dreams?
1: Definitely
0: not. Well, I remembered that that one was used on 500 grams of pasta. So then I looked at the box. I'm like, oh, the whole box isn't even 500. So I got enough lemon. But I did not go back to double check that I didn't actually get charged $2 for the lemons. I only got charged like, I don't know, 50 cents.
1: I really hope they didn't charge you two dollars for one lemon, or maybe that's why your pasta was so good because you paid two dollars for, <laughs> for that. <laughs> that two dollar lemon is what really set it off. I mean, maybe that's just what you needed. To maybe so. The next level.
0: Uh, so yeah, that's that's what we had going here.
1: Moral of the story: Use luxury lemons.
0: Lu- It wasn't a luxury lemon. Someone lied. I think that the lemons were supposed to come in one of those little mesh bags. I think it was supposed to be a pack of four, but the shopper just got one. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at the shopper. I didn't change the tip or anything. I just was expecting more than one lemon.
1: I understand. But I made it work. As you always do. I'm not surprised. All right. This week in our news update, um, we are going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my teaching experience, um, because it's talking about reading specifically. This article comes from Education Week also. It was published July 29th and is titled, When the Science of Teaching Reading Goes Too Far. Before we even start, do you know what this is? Have you heard this phrase, science of teaching reading in the education world? (laughs) I literally have no idea what those two words put together means. Okay, so what the science of teaching reading is, last year in the classroom, they started here in Texas, at least I'm speaking from what I know from when I was in my district last year, they started this program basically to offset the complications they're having with teachers not being able to teach reading properly. So what the science of teaching reading is it's basically um, another test, kind of like the test that we took before we had to graduate and stuff to get our degree I like think oh. and stuff like that. Okay, so it's a additional test that you have to take about reading specifically. And you go through, it's supposed to be 60 hours, I think. Last year, they rolled it out here with lower grade levels. So because I taught third grade, I didn't have to go through the course last year. But this year, third grade was added on to it. And then next year, here in Texas, fourth grade um, will be added on as well. But you go through this 60-hour, in parentheses, extensive reading training course where at the end of it, you, well, during it, you take these courses and you learn all this information. And then with all of that, you have to produce different artifacts, basically, to prove your learning along the journey. Once you're done with the whole thing, you get like a certificate. And it says, this person knows the science of teaching reading and can teach reading, blah, blah, blah. So, They're doing that here. And what I realized when reading this article is actually in New York and they're talking about them doing it in New York also, which I didn't know this was something that was happening everywhere. I thought this was, you know, Texas always a little bit behind. So I thought this was something we were doing as a we're behind once again in education. But no, it seems like this is happening everywhere. In this article, two of the ladies talk about a third grade classroom, and they're talking about specifically a reading test that's administered usually at the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, end of the year, to kind of gauge children's reading levels and how well they're doing along their reading journey, which is something that I've had to do in the classroom here also. We just call it something different. And throughout the article, they're just talking about how we need to do a better job of connecting the way that we teach reading to the way that we're going to test reading. And as someone who taught a tested grade last year, this stuck out to me like a sore thumb. It is so difficult to not only get children to think at the level of depth and complexity that they want them to think at while reading certain texts and things like that, but then being able to apply that To the real world around them is what's really important. And the way that tests are being made, it's not those two things aren't really going hand in hand. And so it makes it really difficult. What are your thoughts about any of that? I know as a high school educator, this is way out of your ballpark and You would never have to deal with anything like this. But it also does come into it because you see the effects that it has on your students still who struggle with reading at a high school level.
0: Yes, um, it is very much far removed from my uh, level and also content area. Um, but literacy is important across every content area and in life and everything like that. Um, the idea that you have to tack this extra test on for like to be certified or be I don't know, what certified to teach, right? <laughs> How is that helping? Right? Like, I can I can answer the questions in some in some test. That does not mean that I can then actually go and teach it.
1: Right. I think that's one of the main issues with how people across everywhere, across this whole country struggle to get certified to teach from place to place because there's no cohesion in anything. Everyone kind of has their <laughs> own specific like rules. Like we're going to do this over here and we doing this down here, but nothing is working and no one is trying to fix it. And so, even thinking about the journey that we both had to go through getting Mm -hmm. a degree in Missouri and having a teaching certificate in Missouri. But then the stress that we had to go through to transfer those to the Mm -hmm. states now, like my process took over a year and hundreds of dollars of failed tests after tests, because I didn't go to school in Texas. I didn't learn anything about Texas history and things like that. And on top of it, in Missouri, my early childhood certification was from birth to third grade. Once I got here, my test was EC to sixth grade. So it's like, now I'm being tested on sixth grade math? Oh, wow. <laughs> i to teach third grade math. Y'all tested me on sixth grade math. And so it's just like, how do we get to a place where all of this is very cohesive for everyone? Because it doesn't make sense that we're all sitting here struggling with the same things and trying to figure out ways to piece it together to create some type of cohesion and clear understanding for students. I think that just adds to the confusion that they already experience every day in the classroom.
0: I do want to say something about that cohesiveness that you mentioned, like the fact that these certifications don't transfer over. And I could see like, specific and actually no i can't i was gonna make up something about i could see why there would be these different state specific things but like not really we're not lawyers so it's not like different state laws right mm, is it is reading not universal is <clears throat> the pythagorean theorem not universal i don't understand what these little extra intricacies are now yeah for history sure if you're going somewhere else, you do need to get that state history because I believe that's something you do, stuff from the state that you're in, probably. I, I right. teach math, I don't know. <laughs> but like the fact that we had to do the MOPTA and then mm-hmm. I had to do the edTPA because Missouri wanted to be specific and then this thing is basically the same thing but not Missouri specific, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then also, they have gotten rid of that requirement so it is absolutely a waste of time. And adding these extra hurdles to become certified is not helping anyone. It's not doing anyone any favors. We are in a severe teacher shortage in so many places. It looks ridiculous. In Florida, if you or a loved one were in the military, you can just be a teacher if you get, what, 12 hours of watching someone. Absolutely. That's it. I was like, wow. I'm going to take none of these tests, none of these certifications. The science of reading, I can guarantee they don't know it.
1: No, I guarantee. And that's exactly why we're in the situation that we're in now, because things like this keep transpiring. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not going to be the one to fix it, but I want to complain about it because it affected me and it still affects me in a way. And it affects the people that I care about a lot um, still. And it makes everything so much more stressful. So... If you would like to read, that was a very brief kind of introduction, just what the article was about. It goes a lot more in-depth talking about the different scenarios of what giving that certain reading test would look like in a non-helpful way, and then kind of what we should shift our focus into trying to change it to look like now to make it a more accurate reflection of what we want children to be able to do while they're reading instead. And so you should definitely go and give it a read. Again, it's from Education Week. It's titled When the Science of Reading Goes Too Far. All right, are you ready to play word association? Uh
0: yeah, I am.
1: You got your words?
0: I do have words. Um yeah. I think that some of these are a little bit funny now. Uh, just given like what we talked about like wow okay first word is genius tyler oh okay Uh, (laughs) community center principal
1: leader star student
0: bees my little children and that is all my words for this week's interview i will be interviewing deja Yes, yes. I'm
1: so excited.
0: Um, just so that you can get to know about her more. Um, and again, you will learn so many things about the both of us throughout this journey. But uh, we thought it would be a great way to start with formal introductions of each other. So, Deja, tell yeah. everyone about you and your path to teaching.
1: So, you mean path to like teaching here in Texas, or a path to becoming an educator, because both of those are two long, separate journeys.
0: (laughs) Are they really separate?
1: Mm, I guess not. I mean, they they go together, but one one is really in-depth. So I never wanted to be a teacher. Never thought that was going to be on the agenda for me, until I met this lovely person over here. We... I was very lost in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do, honestly. I was there, vibing (laughs) every day, having a great (laughs) (laughs) time. We love vibes. We do. I think that I was very confused because I knew what I wanted to do, but it wasn't available to me at Mizzou. I wanted to, for my whole childhood, be a cosmetologist. That's what I always thought I was going to do. I just knew I was going to grow up on a hair salon, all of this stuff. My parents really wanted me to get a four-year or a, to attend a four-year university to get a degree. So I did that and I decided to enroll in Mizzou. And when I got there, my major went from business to marketing to psychology <laughs> to what was next? Human development, family studies. Mm. I went through all of those spirals, right? And I remember having a conversation with you in our apartment sophomore year, and you were taking a one credit hour, just introduction class, because Mm -hmm. you just went through your little, you know, cycle already of, I don't know what I want to do. It wasn't pre-med. Okay, now I'm pivoting to math. You had already figured that out. So you told me, basically, I know you love kids. You should take this class. It's one credit hour. It's not going to hurt you. I was like, this girl is nuts. That was the first thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she wanted to be a teacher. Like, she wanted me to be broke the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. That was literally the first thoughts that went to my mom. Like, man, okay. But I didn't know. So, and I trusted you. So what did I do? I enrolled in the class. Spring semester of sophomore year, I enrolled in that class and I loved it. I fell in love with the teacher, the way that she talked about the stories with her children. And literally all she did was tell us stories all semester. Like she told stories of her looping with her kids. She taught in California. I don't remember her name. I really wish I did. (laughs) Um, And I just remember... Feeling like, wow, do I want to be a teacher? Like, I know I like kids. I've always worked with kids. I did it when I was in high school and stuff like that. So we went on a retreat with our honor fraternity. I think it was the weekend we went to Kansas City for, like, that fellowship weekend. Oh, okay. Service at that farm. And I remember I sat down at the table. I had called my dad to tell my parents, like, I was changing my major. And I was so nervous. because so I was like, they're going to be like, you want to be a teacher? A teacher, girl? (laughs) Like, this is not what we thought was going on. And I called, my dad called me because I had called him before we left. And I was so nervous. And I remember sitting on that picnic table, like, shaking. (laughs) I don't know why I was so (laughs) nervous. But I told him that I had finally decided and I wanted to be a teacher. And he was so happy. Like, I was so surprised. He was just like, well, I want you, you know, I always wanted you to do what you love. And if it's this, then it's that. And so I decided... To enroll in the early childhood program at Mizzou did that was a cohort of 23 other girls I was one of two black girls in my entire cohort Mm -hmm. which was a whole nother experience in and of itself but we're just gonna put a pin in that we'll come back to that (laughs) so (laughs) um and yeah that that's what led me to teaching so every time somebody asks I have to give you your credit because it was you there's no be a teacher if it wasn't for you.
0: I just find that so wild, honestly, just because of like how it was you were so fit to be in a classroom with like kids and like conveying like getting them to learn something, getting them to learn something about themselves or like but like you were meant to you' were meant to be in that space and it's just so wild to me that you hadn't really considered it in that capacity for yourself.
1: And I was having a conversation with someone like a month or two ago, which is funny that you said that. And to really think about it, I always knew like I was connected to kids, right? Kids were the thing. I didn't see teaching as the way to get there. But once I got to college, I always knew I wanted to open a daycare. So in my mind, because I didn't come from a family with people who had degrees, you go to college, you get a career, you make some money to save it up to get enough to really do what you want to do. So in my head, once you said it, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, be a teacher. You already love kids. You can save some money, lives. You can (laughs) save money. (laughs) So eventually open your daycare like this this was the trajectory that I had made for myself then, because that's all that I knew, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was never I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be, I wanted to touch the lives of children. And that was what was always most important to me.
0: Right. under Understood. Um, someone once said, I believe that children are the future or something.
1: Something like that. And something like that. Whatever Whitney Houston said. I don't know about any other kids, but I know the kids that came out of my classroom are the future. So, Oh, that's cute. They are the future. I believe in them. So, yeah. So that was, wow, you want to be a teacher? That moment of finding out, yes, you want to be a teacher, you're going to be a teacher. So upon graduation... I really don't know, other than running from cold weather, why I picked Texas. Like, (laughs) I can't think of a good reason other than it's warm there. I know that much. That's what I knew. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be away from the cold. Being in Chicago my whole life, never want to go back there or anywhere colder. Boo. It was terrible. I was not staying in Columbia. Uh, Agreed. Although now I can appreciate Some of the things I miss about Columbia a lot, but the weather was not one. So I just decided to randomly um, apply. First, I applied through Teach of America, which was a mistake because I was already getting a degree. And so I didn't need to, but it was like a situation where they came to something that was being on campus or something. And I met somebody, I can't remember how it happened, but the man ended up like wanting me after talking to me, he convinced me to go to the interview Of course, I got the job because y'all looking for people. (laughs) Desperate. (laughs) I was moving to Houston. I got that job before. I don't even know. It was so early, like uncomfortably early. It was very early. Yeah.
0: I remember uh, it was our, it was that spring. Well, it wasn't mine. I was done, but it was that spring break that we'd gone down there to look at apartments.
1: Right. So I had probably known since maybe a couple of weeks into fall semester that I had that job. And so I kind of just kept it, you know, we went to Houston to look at apartments and things like that. And something just told me not to do that. Like after we came from Houston, I liked Houston. It was nice, but it just didn't feel right. So I was like, I'm just going to wait and apply the regular way in Texas. I ended up coming to Dallas, visiting Dallas, loved Dallas, applied in Dallas. I got a job interview randomly in July sometime and then like had to move (laughs) at the speed of like all within like two weeks. So I get here, I got hired to teach kindergarten, which I was so happy about because my student teaching was in kindergarten. And I loved the little babies at that time. Like kindergarten was my jam then. I never thought I was going to teach anything other than kindergarten, if we're being honest. And the first year was horrible. (laughs) not horrible in the ways that most people would think. Like I made some of the most amazing connections with my kids and their families. Some to this day, five years later, we still talk. One of my parents, she takes me every day almost. Every day. Like we just we're just homegirls at this point. <laughs> um but it was I didn't take into consideration how being so far away would take a toll on me. Also being so far away without a support system, also being so far away without a support system. (laughs) Like I didn't have no job. (laughs) The jobs that I worked in college, they were jobs that I worked in college. They were were real jobs. And so the amount of stress that was going into all of that, being somewhere new, it was just a lot, but I made the most of it. Um, And yeah, the first year it was probably one of my favorites, but Just because it was the most normal year I feel like I had before COVID came. (laughs) Like, I got one good year of regular good old teaching before Mm -hmm. COVID came and just shook everything up. (laughs) One full year. (laughs) And I really did cherish it. It was really great. I remember the graduation that we had at the end of the year and how happy my kids were. And I created all of them like these little superlatives and all this stuff. And it was just cute.
0: And I love them so much. Yeah, so, you were obsessed with those kids.
1: I, love, I, I still am obsessed with
0: them. No, okay,
1: look. Yeah, she don't.
0: taught them in kindergarten, okay? Then uh, there's a one-year gap. She picks them back up in second grade.
1: I did pick them back up.
0: You did. And then you loop with them again. I so should. when I say she was obsessed with these kids...
1: And they were just as obsessed with me, but that was fine because we created this community where we didn't want to leave each other and we didn't need to. We socialized with the other classes. They have plenty of friends in the other classes. They mingle with them still, but the power of strong connections is something that I will forever believe in, not just with my kids, but people in general, like relationships are everything. So yeah. So year one ends. I did not pass that test. Let's just make that clear. We didn't forget about good old Texas tests that I had to take in order to teach here. I failed it three times. <laughs> when I say failed three times, the first time I took it, I failed science and social studies. Mm-hmm. The second time I took it, I failed social studies. The third time I took it, I failed... Social studies and science again. No, the first time I took it, let me start this over. (laughs) I failed it twice. That's what ended up happening. The first time I took it, I failed science and social studies. The second time I took it, I just failed social studies. So because I only failed social studies, they allowed me to just only take social studies. That first time I had to take the whole entire test over. I was like, please don't fail this again, Deja. Mind you, this test was like... $200. I don't know.
0: So
1: I took it a second time, failed everything but social studies. So they were like, okay, you only failed one this time. Just pay us $50 more and you can retake the social studies part. You know what? $50 is great compared to $200, especially on a teacher's salary. So I took that social studies test the third time, finally passed, and I was able to go back to my school. My principal at the time promised me that she was holding my position because she knew everything that was going on with my certification. I get a call first week of June. I mean, break just ended. Haven't even taken my, retaken the test yet, anything. She has gotten reassigned to a different campus. And I'm like, my job is gone. (laughs) Not only did I not pass this test, now I'm not about to have a job. Like I was just so stressed out. And so she starts explaining to me how she wrote this letter. So the next principal that they hire, recommending that they still hire me and explaining the situation and all of this. And she thinks everything will be fine. I'm forever grateful to her for doing that because everything was fine. And I don't think it would have went like that if she did not because they wouldn't have known any of the situation behind it. So I end up passing the test. Everything is fine. Go back the next year, still teaching kindergarten, new principal. My team was very dysfunctional year one and year two. There was one switch, year two, but my class was also very different. I knew that from the very beginning. One thing that was different was my kids were a lot younger starting the school year. Now, if you know anything about teaching little ones, it is a huge difference. Starting the year off with a whole bunch of kids who are gonna turn five at the beginning of the year, like my first set of kids, versus a whole bunch of kids who are going to turn five at the end of the year. And most of my kids, they their birthdays weren't until after Christmas. So I'm dealing with babies at the beginning of the year. The first three, four weeks of school, two children cried every day. And I was just like, I can't take this. <laughs> I cannot take another tear. No tears another- left to cry. <laughs> And it's not one, because crying is like a domino effect when they're that little. When one starts, it just knocks another one into tears, and another one, and another one. And then here I am holding children, teaching lessons, because that's all. Quiet. You should have (laughs) just cried, too. Plenty of days, I did. (laughs) Right in that corner, I will go right in the bathroom, cry me a few tears, wipe my eyes a little bit, come right out. That's the perks of having a bathroom in your classroom, but... It was just a lot more difficult because they were so little and they needed a lot of different things that my first class didn't need. On top of that, I had one very lovely student who was so near and dear to my heart, and he just was going through a lot emotionally. We went through periods of him hitting me, kicking me, spitting on me. Whatever you could imagine, throwing things at me, we went through it all. Him inflicting self-harm on himself in the classroom so that it got to a point where I was so consistently overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do because I didn't have the support of admin and not necessarily because they didn't want to help me. Mm -hmm. They're just always so busy. And that's why I don't understand how, how is the principal never on campus? Who thought that was a good idea? Like, why is the principal going two days, three days out of the week for the whole day for meetings? Like that never made any sense to me. So because there was such a lack of support, I didn't really have anybody to go to. I didn't have any help. So I was dealing with him having these outbursts in class every single day to the point where I was ready to quit. Like I called my mama and I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> They're going to have to move him or I'm going to have to quit this job because I was just so stressed out. We end up having a come to Jesus meeting with his <laughs> parents and his parents were very aware of what we're going, what was going on at the time. They weren't just like, oh, this is what's going on. We don't really care like that. No, they knew they got calls on the regular They tried the best that they could, but I just don't think they really knew what to do Mm -hmm. to support him. Um, And once we had that meeting, it was admin, me, we brought in one of the specialist teachers. These are all the issues. This is what's going on. We think that we should do a placement change. And so I had two weeks. That is it. Two weeks where he wasn't in my classroom and it wasn't just immediate happiness. Like there's this weird like guilt that teachers feel. I think a lot of the time with stuff like that, like I felt so guilty, even though I dealt with this problem all year, all the time, even though he was gone from my classroom, I felt so bad. Like, what is he going to think about me? Is he going to think I don't care about him? Is he going to think that he, you know, didn't have a place in this classroom or I just forgot about him? All those things started to bombard my head. But it was the most two peaceful, most peaceful two weeks of my life. Also, from the whole, I had never had that much stability in my classroom since that previous year, honestly. And so two weeks, send them home for spring break just for us to never return back into the classroom. And like, <laughs> wow. wow. But then there's also two sides of that. I was... Happy because, one, this was the peak of the most stressful point in my life, probably. <laughs> and I got to sit at home for a little bit. At the time, we didn't know how long we were going to be at home. But I'm like, oh, an extra week of spring break? Just what I needed. And then on the flip side of that, I was like, if I would have only held out two more weeks, like he wouldn't have had to experience switching classes and all of that and things that really I couldn't control and what was really for the best. but. As a teacher, somehow those things still bother you and eat you up. Mm-hmm. So we were at home. I was Zoom with my kids. We would have lunch together every day. We would do read alouds at 6 30. We would have movie nights, like not every Friday, because I was not trying to sit and Zoom movies and all that with them <laughs> every day. <laughs> but we did have a couple of movie nights. And the year ended really well for the most part. And yeah. We did a little drive-by and that was that. I started writing curriculum during that time, which was really important because it helped me realize I kind of want to do this and write my own curriculum maybe, which later became important because I ended up enrolling in grad school for um, curriculum and instruction to get my master's. And so that time being at home, not having to be at school and stuff, that was also really, really precious to me because I felt like it made me care more about myself, like take care of myself better during that time. So then when I came back the following year, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for everything. This was also the year that I was getting those kids back. So there were how many of them? So originally there were four kids From my original kindergarten class that were going to be in my second grade class. I was so excited to be able to at least get four of them back. I knew all the kids in that grade level, of course, but four of them were actually in my class. So we started the year, but we still had COVID restrictions and stuff like that. And I only had, I think, six kids. For almost half the year in person. By the end of the year, I had 12 out of, or 13 out of 22 ended up coming into the classroom for the entire Mm -hmm. year. But I just felt so incomplete. Like we didn't get to do what we were supposed to do because half of them never came back into the building. And that bothered me a lot. So I didn't know how to really go about it, but my principal wanted me to teach a tested grade. He wanted me to do it the year before. And I told him, absolutely not. The highest, I will go a second. (laughs) Get me up there. Mm -mm. No, not me. So once I kind of started talking to one of my friends who was the teacher specialist, and I kind of told her like, I think I want to loop on my kids just to see if she would think it would be a good idea. And she was like, you do. Like you want to teach third grade and I was like no but I want to go with my kids like <laughs> I don't I have no desire to teach third grade but I do want to stay with them. I don't feel like I got to give them the best because we this year was just it was worse than the covid year honestly. Nobody knew what was going on. There were so many issues with so much stuff. We couldn't do the things that we were supposed to do. You're telling us these kids are so behind in phonics and they need all of this but I have to teach them reading comprehension make it make sense this is this is why the science of teaching reading is here <laughs> so I was just like I didn't get to do those kids justice so I wanted them back and once she found that out she went and told the principal and he stopped me in the hallway like let me talk to you and I was like oh I'm in trouble like what did I do I'm thinking like oh what'd I do what did you do what did you do this time like I did nothing. He was so thirsty, so anxious to be like, I heard you want to teach third grade. You you, you serious? I'm very serious. If and only if I can take my class. So he let me. And the day that I told them, because they all wanted me to go with them to third grade since some of them, they knew I was moving around. So they just kept saying, are you going to be a teacher next year? Are you going to be a teacher next year? And I just kept saying, no, mm -mm. I'm sending y'all to third grade. I'm third grade. No, y'all going to third grade. And they were so convinced because I had been telling them for so long. I was keeping it a secret probably since like March that Mm -hmm. I was with them. So the very last day of school, we had made these like tie dye shirts. So they had this little affirmation on each of their name tags because our classroom was themed the beehive. Partially out of my obsession for Beyonce, but partially also just because of what bees represent, like a community that all have to work together to get their job done. Like everything that bees do for their work, they do it together in order to get it done. And so that was something that I thought was really important. And my kids knew it. We talked about it since the first day of school. So each one of them had a different affirmation on their name tag, like be kind, be open minded all those things. And so I made all of them these little t-shirts and I rolled them up and they had this little like bubble sticking on the inside of it. And I wrote them this little note and there's this one little girl, man, she going to be somebody. <laughs> when I, played, I was going to be like famous for real and then don't have nothing to do with me. I don't want to take zero credit. for that. <laughs> anyway, She was already up there, but She decided to open the card that I gave them. None of the other kids opening the card. They looking at the bubbles, the t-shirt that have the little symbol on it. She opens up the card and she reads the card and she starts screaming to the kids talking about, what did she say? I don't even remember exactly what she said, but the last line of the card told them that I was going to be their teacher again. And so she screamed and told all of them and they all were just like, half of them were confused, half of them were excited half of them just was looking like what is going on um but they were just so happy and so then we started third grade together it was hmm, how would I describe my last year of teaching (sighs) on the kids side it was probably the best year out of all of them even though it was very stressful But on the teaching, like the teacher side of it, it was my worst year because it was just so stressful. Everything was a mess. And the pressure of teaching a testing grade, I wish that stress and pressure on no one ever in life. It's just too much. But we got through it. We powered through it. We had an incredible year. We did some really good things. Like I started a book club with them where some of them, they would meet with me during their lunch. And then book club ended up getting so big that we had to move into after school, which was a whole nother thing. Um, and we would read different chapter books and discuss them after school. And they all got their own little like special book club t-shirts that they just loved. And I just loved doing stuff for them that I know that they liked because the buy-in was so much better. Like, And with little kids, it's so easy. So easy to get them to like enjoy and to like stuff. So it was simple for me because I was creative and I liked doing stuff that they enjoyed. Everything that I did in my classroom, everything that I planned around them always had to do with stuff that they thought was fun and that I knew they would like. I didn't care that maybe they were supposed to be doing this this week and I needed, no, I was going to figure out how they were going to learn the skill, but I was also going to make it fun, which ended up being a lot of work on the front end. But I didn't mind because it made my classroom be a place that we both wanted to be. They wanted to be there because they were having fun while they were learning. And I wanted to be there because I was being able to witness them learn and grow every single week. And so, yeah, it just became just the best place ever. And when I think about how I'm not, not just not teaching them this year, because I didn't want to loop with them. Honestly, I didn't want to go to fourth grade with them. I was ready to release them, not because I was tired (laughs) of them, but because I didn't want to teach fourth grade. And yeah, that just was not in the cards for me. But (sighs) um I'm sad that I don't get to see them. That's the part that I think about most of the time, like mm-hmm. see them in the halls and check in with them or when somebody act in a mess, I can't come get you together real quick in the sweetest way possible. Right. But yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind of emotions and now I don't know what's next. Other than me being a student, I'm still getting my master's, which is a long and draining process. And every day I'm like, do you still want this? Why did you do this? Why mm-hmm. did you go back to school? But I'm so close. So I think I'm going to finish. But it's just very different to think about not being directly like in front of kids and having an effect on kids every day. That's the part that's really just different for me. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a few things that I plan on doing outside of this to still keep my relationships with my kids. Like I still talk to a lot of them or their parents. I took two of them out to get ice cream. We're all going to meet up. I'm taking them. Well, we're all going to. I'm not taking them. Let me rephrase. Their <laughs> parents are bringing them and we're going to go to this like trampoline park thing here almost um, to celebrate. Because so I told them we would celebrate them finishing the star test. And so mm-hmm. to do it, I didn't want to do it over the summer because I know a lot of kids travel or and stuff like that. So we're supposed to be doing that. I need to like look into planning that because I told their parents it would be in August. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to get together and I'm, we're going to the trampoline park just so that they can all see each other because some of them also aren't going to the school anymore. And they mm-hmm. were worried about that not being able to see everyone. So we're going to get together one last time as a class. And yeah, that is most not not the, the interesting teacher side of it, but I didn't want to share that. I wanted to share the good side of it, which is my kids. All right.
0: So um, thank you for sharing that story with us, that journey with us. Um, it is very important to hear these different types of experiences and the different things that lead us down these different life paths, right? Like the way that I got to where I am is completely different than the way that you got to where you are. Right. And yeah. yet here we are sharing a different experience with each other, right? And still um, similarities. Right. <laughs> Um, so to close out the interview portion, the last thing I want to ask you is what is one of your favorite memories from your teaching experience?
1: Ooh, favorite. Oh, I got it.
0: <laughs> oh, so quick.
1: Well, it was very quick, but you don't know why when I say it, because it merges my two things in the whole wide world. So this, I think I know now this past year when I taught third grade, We had a thing called a star pep rally. And because of COVID, we hadn't really had a lot of those kind of like school assemblies and stuff like that in the last year or so. So my kids were so excited because they didn't know they never knew what a pep rally was. And so I kept telling them because language is important. I'm like, we're having a pep rally. It's not just an assembly. It's a pep rally. (laughs) And they are like, what's a pep rally? What's a pep rally? When? Y'all don't know a pep rally? Oh my gosh, y'all have to. So I'm that person and I'm finding videos and all this stuff to show them. I'm like, you have to see it because I want you to know like what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So for the pep rally, they decided that they were going to do some special like performances. And when I told my kids, of course, because of who they are, naturally, everybody in the classroom wants to perform. So I create this list and I'm like, <laughs> All groups you know who's who blah 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 not knowing anything about the pep rally right i'm just going because my kids mm-hmm. want to perform I'm, we all about to perform right so yeah. so i put them they put themselves in their groups they decide because they could do anything you could dance you could sing you could say like a chant it was literally whatever they wanted to do we end up having six groups six <laughs> not six, <laughs> six. <laughs> So I go and I talk to the counselor who's putting this whole thing on. And I'm like, oh, so, you know, I wanted to just get clarity on the whole situation. How many, how much time is each group going to have to perform? How many groups per grade level and things like that? Because I was one of four third grade classes. Okay. We have six groups. I'm just trying to make sure my kids can fit in, you know? (laughs) So she's like, oh, "Okay, I was thinking two from third grade and two from fourth grade. I could have fell out." <laughs> I was like, "They are about to be devastated. Why did I do this?" <laughs> but because of the culture of our classroom, they weren't. I came back. We came right to the carpet where we had all of our important conversation. I'm like, "Look, I messed up. Now <laughs> <have> one group, <laughs> <laughs> one group, y'all." Because we have to give space for the other classes. We can't take up all the room. So once I told them that we reorganized it and they decided to make one big group and they wanted to do a dance because I am in a sorority, the counselor had this grand idea that I should teach my kids a step. So we together came up with this little like chant and this little step and they performed it at the pep rally. And they had on the, the all the girls had on pink shirts. All the boys had on blue shirts. They picked these outfits. If it was me, we would have wore yellow shirts because we were the honeybees. <laughs> 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 we let the kids, you know, be in control of their thing because I just had to sit with, you know how I am. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't want to wear yellow. Like, nobody wants to wear yellow. No, we don't <laughs> want to wear yellow. Oh, okay. No yellow. I get it. So they were pink and blue and they did this little step and it was, I mean, they had the best time. Like this was done also right at the end of the year, right before test prep, where we're out here practicing, not during learning time, but we would be in the hallway practicing that step in the middle of the hallway. I'm like, y'all have to, y'all have to step louder. I mean, softer. You have to <laughs> People. <laughs> so then we would go outside when the weather would permit, of course. And I was like, y'all committed to this. They got so mad because they had to practice during their recess. And then they were like, well, we can't play. Are you serious? This is not a joke. You decided you wanted to be in this dance. There's nothing I love more than children and dancing. I am not playing about this dance. <laughs> Hello? Like, they didn't understand, but they did by the end. And they were so happy because even after, <laughs> even after, they performed and stuff like that. When they saw everybody else's performances and things, they were just so happy. I think our performance was the best. I'm like, of course, y'all would say that. But I think our performance was the best, too. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely the best experience and memory in my classroom. They had so much fun. I had so much fun. And the whole school loved it. Like, I mean, those teachers were eating that little dance that they came with up.
0: I know they were. I know that everybody was eating it up. Stars of the pep rally. I know that's right.
1: And that same day, they convinced me to join the teacher dance battle. And they were all mad because they said I got robbed. And I did, but that's fine. I'll get robbed for them, I guess.
0: I am just so glad that you were able to have that experience and that it it's so cute. And I did see the video and it was super cute. Um. So thank you again for sharing that story with us and all the stories you've shared with us today. I'm sure there will be more stories shared along the
1: way. Yes, thank you for interviewing me. I enjoyed it, even though I felt like I was talking for so long, but that's the purpose of an interview, I guess. The purpose
0: of an interview is for the interviewee to speak. Yes. Yeah, you're right.
1: All right, pop culture segment. You ready? Let's go in reverse order. Let's start with TV shows this week. Go Didn't ahead. we
0: start with TV last week?
1: No, we started with music last week.
0: Mm, who
1: knows? Even though I was just editing the episode. <laughs> uh, have you been watching? Because <laughs> I have not watched anything. So, But you have, <laughs> though. It's just... Drag Race. That's all I've been watching. I have watched so much Drag Race. <laughs> I have watched so much Drag Race in the last two months. Let me just get it out now before you even say what you watch. It's great. I have a lot of concerns and thoughts that I don't always feel as important to be a concern or a thought, but something, something about RuPaul. I don't know. But I love the show. And I'm currently watching All Stars Season Mm -hmm. 7. It's giving what it needs to give for the most part. A little disappointed here and there, but you know, I'm still vibing, still loving it. So, what have you been watching other than Drag Race 2? Because you're the reason I'm watching it.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna agree that uh, All Star 7 was a really good season um, of Drag Race, just like the quality of the work and yeah. runways. Like, that's really what just made it. The girls um,
1: needs to be given. I mean, the looks, they're there.
0: They're there. I mean, like, sure there's something to be said about the fact that they it's oops all winter, so they already won money right. and can now afford better drag. <laughs> but um it's beautiful gowns, so good to look at. Uh just like a completely different vibe than like what you get in a regular season because there has to be more craftiness there, right? Yeah. Um, but the other thing I've been watching, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I was going to say one thing, and then I just remembered the other thing. Uh, I was going to say Roswell because I was literally just watching that before we started recording. Mm. But um, no, that's enough of that. I'm going to say Paper Girls. The way oh, that- my goodness. It was so good. Now, I- you I have not watched it.
1: I'm going to, though. I don't know. If- I was about to say, I don't know if you would recommend it to me. But I saw so many people posting about it, and the way that you were texting me about it when you started watching it, I feel like I have to.
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, get on that. Okay. Um, so I, well, I won't give too much away one because it's still relatively new. So I know that more people are gonna watch it still, but it is based off of comics that I did not read. Mm. Uh, but there's plenty of stuff based off comics. Don't do mm, like, why would you do that? Okay. Um- I'm going to give it a try. Wow. You watch some Marvel stuff that's based off of comics.
1: Some. And we could probably, like, dilute some to a word less than some.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, Black Panther was based off of a comic.
1: Yes. And... I watched it because, what? It was Black Panther.
0: Yes, but you enjoyed it. Did you not? I didn't. Right. You did enjoy it. So... Uh, (laughs) whatever led you there is not important like a comic book didn't lead me to paper girls but i love it a comic book didn't lead me to riverdale but i watch it you're right right. now back to paper girls it's great um it is again not giving anything away but the the genre is um like kind of like sci-fi? It I think it said horror, but there's nothing horrific about it. Like not well.
1: That is what drew me in. It's not scary. Hold on, I thought that no. it, it was horror.
0: Yeah, it said okay. Yes, it says that, but I also have just certain. I don't have certain ideas about like horror being used as a word. I just don't find many things horrifying, uh, as we have discussed.
1: Yeah, me neither. But,
0: I, it's definitely not scary. Like, even if it says, like, horror, it's it's not going, it's not scary, right? Um, but it is, like, sci-fi. There are these, like, darker elements of it. It is not just, like, light and fluffy television by any means. There is story, there is plot, there is character development. These are, like, these kids, like, the main cast, they're, they're kids, right? They're 12-year-olds going on 13. Mm-hmm. And it's, Uh, It's just so good. Like, I love it. I love uh, just like being kind of on the edge of my seat, trying to see what's going to happen because I didn't read the source material. So I have literally no idea where we're going with the development or what this world is going to be. And to see them go certain places that I did not think they would go just based off of what I thought was really interesting, um, there are also connections that can be made to Stranger Things because this show is like kind of set in the 80s a little bit, mm-hmm. and sci-fi. And also, this is in Ohio, and I was trying to remember, is Stranger Things Ohio or some other Midwest town? Either way, it's the 80s, it's the Midwest, and uh, those vibes can be there, and it's kids in the cast, whatever. But it's not the same thing as Stranger Things. It's not the same plot. It's not even the same structure so I love it it's only eight episodes on Prime you should watch it Deja and
1: you listening should also watch it I'm going to give it a watch I will give it a watch very soon when I'll finish Try Grace that's solid. yeah I I stand by that I'm gonna watch it I promise then I'll, I'll report back oops all right did you see any movies this week uh the movies except the one you barely paid attention to <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I did barely watch that movie. I barely watched that movie, Honor Society. Um, but I also barely... I, no, I did watch this movie last night. I watched... What's it called? I'm Not Okay. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, Zoe, like... I think her name... I think her last name was pronounced Dutch. Uh, she was in that Netflix rom-com, Set It Up, with Lucy Liu and... I want to say Tay uh, She is in a bunch of stuff. She was also in The Politician, whatever. There were other people in the movie. It was weird. It was influencer culture going wrong. Uh, Dylan O'Brien was also in the movie from Teen Wolf and the Taylor Swift All Too Well 10-minute version music video. <laughs> uh, but whatever, I watched them. I don't necessarily recommend either of them. Honor Society, wow, there yep. was a common thread. The main girl protagonist kind of sucked had bad bad vibes bad motives that's why you don't recommend um no that's not why i don't recommend i just realized they had that in common um the i'm not okay i just um it was just okay it's nothing i'm gonna go back and look at again uh and if i walked into someone's home and they were watching it i probably would suggest we change it to anything else (laughs) um but honor society if i had paid more attention i'm pretty sure the movie would have been super cute um it was decent it's just i didn't give it didn't give it my full attention it's it's playing on paramount plus so like when you open the app to watch drag race you have probably seen it pop up at the top
1: we saw honor society on something but i haven't been in nothing but paramount plus (laughs) yep that's where it's at Okay. Well, I'm not going to give that a watch since you didn't really recommend it, but that's it for movies into music. Do you have any music that you would like to share before I share? And I'm going to uh, keep it brief because we've been talking for a long time.
0: Um, okay. Well, because I know what you're going to say. And I'm going to so, ask you
1: this, so just don't even bring that up.
0: Right. Okay. So let me think of something outside of that. Um, Okay, this could actually be super random today. There's this site that organizes your like Spotify music and you see like all the different genres and you can like build a playlist and you get to see like the energy level, the popularity, the beats per minute, the what's the other word? Danceability, loudness, right? And you can see these things plotted across axes and you can just see them listed out and organize them, whatever. So I got obsessed with doing that today and made two different playlists, but as I'm like going through the songs, you can click play to hear like a little snippet of like whatever song. And I listened to a lot of snippets, but Daylight by Joji, honestly, I hope that's how you say his name. Um, But Daylight by Joji, I hit play on the snippet of that. And I was like, wow, I really do love that song. (laughs) So that one. That's it. But yeah, that's the only thing I'm going to say because I know that your next thing will
1: also, I have thoughts. All right. Cool. Cool. Now, everybody already knows. And if you don't know. Now you know. Not even now you know. I don't even want you to know if you don't know. Stay over there. If you don't know. Beyonce. Beyonce. Release Renaissance Act 1. Renaissance Act 1. Renaissance. Beyonce Knowles. <laughs> Girly, I don't even know what to say. You know my true deep obsession with Beyonce. This podcast I already knows I partially dedicated my classroom decor to her. Yeah. Love runs. Has. Okay. The love runs deep. It always has. It always will. But this album was literally a work of art. I told Deja the other day when she came over here for one, this album saved my life. I mean that mm-hmm. I she didn't even know it and I needed it. And it just made me feel so amazing because I was having a rough July. <laughs> July was a lot for me. I went, I, I had a time and the end of it was not so great around then. But once she released this album, poof, what are problems? I don't know. I don't have any. <laughs> do you? If we do, we. I don't understand. So just... Thinking about the artistry in her work all the time, it just amazes me. And when I'm thinking of people outside of like my family, who I look up to and the work that they do, because there's really not many people that I say that I really look up to when thinking about the work that they do, it's her. She is it. Because there's so much attention and detail that goes into everything that she does. And I'm always flabbergasted. I just want to know... Your top three. I'm not even going to extend this conversation to be long because if you haven't heard the album, please play the album. I know I told you to go away, but go away playing the album. Okay. Top uh, three.
0: My top three. Okay.
1: And I also would like to preface this also by saying I don't judge people. Yes, she
0: does. I- this is a lie.
1: i categorize what type of beyonce fan you are based on your top three so i want you to keep that in mind when you say yours because well i already categorized you so right i'm like it does not matter the rest of you just imagine me categorizing you and think of where you think you might fit and sound off in the comments what type of Beyoncé stint you would be based on your top three? What's yours?
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, not me being nervous. Um, you should be. I know. Wow, my heart is racing. Um, okay, so my top three are Cuffit, Alien Superstar, and I'm gonna go Heated.
1: Love that. Love that for you. Love everything you said. It took me so long to figure out which ones were my top. Honestly changes every day what i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say it might be different in an hour i don't really know but those are solid choices and all choices that i expected you to make so yeah
0: i'm like you know me and my taste in music i you you knew that cuff it would be in my top
1: yep i know you knew that already imagine you screaming it at the top of your lungs in the car on the way to target (laughs) get macho i already know but i love that for you because everybody deserves that if I have to pick a top three, oh, this is so difficult.
0: Not this. Not her choosing between her. This is
1: like choosing a favorite child. I mean, you just can't have one. I know. You said three. You can't have three either. <laughs> I mean, like eight. Okay. I'm going to go top three. Mm-hmm. Not in any specific order. Don't put that kind of pressure on me. I Okay. I, not you, the people. Oh. <laughs> Alien Superstar is that girl. Mm-hmm. If it's not in your top three, you're listening to the album wrong. Second in the top three, I'm going to say Heated also. I love Heated. Chef's Kiss. She did what needed to be done. Now, also, Drake in some way, shape, or form is a part of that song. Mm. And when I tell you, that is all that I can think about because we all know Drake is one of the girls, okay? He just said, <laughs> Drake is one of the girls. And all the boys accept it. All you the know, he hey, around, they just know Drake is one of the girls and they don't say anything about it. He did say, say
0: that you're a lesbian girl, me too.
1: He's one of the girls. So right. the fact that he was on Heated, I keep telling my sister this and she just keeps laughing at me and telling me that I'm <laughs> so ridiculous. But in that line where she says, glitter on my kitty... I know Drake wrote that. He has his- <laughs> <laughs> I know he put that in there. Like it's Drake. Deja. He wrote that line. I'm I'm gonna stand by that. Ten toes down. Last one. This is gonna be too much for me. I'm gonna have to say pure honey because mm-hmm. I it. You've seen what that song does to me. We're just gonna leave it there. It's that girl. And yeah, every other song. Comes right after those, though. Like, just put them in one group together. I can't pick any more. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I'm never going to stop listening to it. I just start at the top and let it go all the way through. So you would say that this is no skips? Absolutely. No skips. Will I skip songs? Yes, but in my defense, the only reason that I be skipping songs is because I'm thirsty to get to other songs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna skip it, but I'm gonna go back and listen to it. But I just had to hear this one first. You know? Like that's how so,
0: so you're trying to reorganize the album.
1: No, 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 no. I don't want to reorganize it either. Just in, in me and my the way my brain works. I just need to hear this song at this moment. You know, like sometimes you're like, oh, I I really need to hear Heat It right now, but I'm all cozy. So I'm going to listen to Heat It, but then I'm going to go back and listen in the regular order. Right. Or maybe that's just me because I'm always listening to it so I can always start it back over.
0: But yeah. That is is fair.
1: I'm so excited for the next act. I'm so excited for the visuals. I hope they all come very soon. I saw this girl on TikTok Share this theory. And if her theory is true, I'm not going to make it to act three because I'm going to die. I just want you to know. She said that basically she's doing, I might have sent this to you. I don't remember. It's like an evolution. The girl is predicting her, The each act is an evolution of music. So this one is like the 80s and disco and dance. The mm-hmm. next one will be like the 90s and like rap. Take me out. If she makes a rap album, I'm telling you right now, Tyler, I'm not going to make it. You can go oh, a new co host for the podcast because you're gonna need somebody to re- replace me if that happens.
0: Do we not count the Carters in the in the lore? Which means that not a rap.
1: No, I think it was, but I don't want her husband on it. What do you mean? I mean, okay. I want Beyonce. She know what we wanted. Do you hear her husband on? <laughs> it? Do you hear that man's voice? <laughs> You know, we tired of him. We love you, but we tired of him. Mm -mm. We want you, sweetie. That's exactly what we got. Okay. I have to hear him on the rap album. I'm not going to be mad. She gave me one without him. I'm not going to be mad. And it's a rap album. But I I guess you could technically call the album with her and him a rap album, yes. But I'm thinking just, I don't know. It's not
0: the the rap album that you are looking for?
1: Yeah, that wasn't it. But it's coming. If this right. So if it's this, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Well, you said evolution before. Oh, yeah, I guess. Evolution of music. I hope that's what's coming because I'm so excited for that. And I just want her to drop the videos. Please be waiting on it. And that's it because I can go on forever.
0: Okay. Well, thank you uh, for your Beyonce correspondence. Of course. Anytime. If you (laughs) look me
1: to talk about Beyonce, I'm free. Send us an email. I got time
0: email carpettimeconfessions at gmail.com if you would like deja to uh
1: talk about beyonce some more subject line beyonce
0: beyonce subject line beyonce beyonce beyonce
1: literally any books you got any books you read any books
0: okay you didn't have to say it so many times when you know the answer is no oh my goodness (laughs) we're gonna get you to
1: read a book we are. know which one, But we need to read a book before this podcast ends, eventually. You're going to read one. And you're going to like it. <laughs> I'm certain that I would like the content that comes out of a book. I'm a thousand
0: percent certain because plenty of books get adapted into the television media that I consume so regularly. It is a simple fact that I can't read. What if That's you the look, problem.
1: What if you listen to the book? Like an I could book. probably do that. So get audible. I love Audible. This is non-sponsored, but obviously it's not sponsored. Um <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, I have I've I've thought about it. I have considered it. I have not done it
1: cuz I you know we like I like to read them, but I also want to listen to it.
0: Maybe that's the next venture for me.
1: Yeah, I think I think that would do you some good. Not that we would probably read the same kind of books. Honestly, cannot I, imagine. I don't know because you don't read, so I don't know what kind of books you like. Huh. You goosebumps. Correct <laughs> me. You don't read kids' books. <laughs> you we know, some children's lit. We could do like a little book club on the pod.
0: Goosebumps. <clears> they <throat> said tear some goosebumps book up. That then I was like, all right, I'm old enough. Let me read a fear street.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna get you to read a book, but that's fine. Maybe we'll have some books next time. I started reading a new book that was recommended to me by someone. They recommended this book just to kind of get more just in tune with myself because I said I felt like I was all over the place and I just wanted to kind of, what's the right word, relax my mind because it's never relaxed. And they recommended this book to me called Trust Your Vibes by Sonia. Choquette. I hope I'm saying her name right, Miss Sonia. And I am like not halfway through it. I just started it there. It gives you these different tips and secrets basically to align yourself with who you really are is what it boils down to. And yeah, I'm excited to read it and start practicing some of the things. Some of them are really simple, like taking the time to breathe when you feel stressed, that's something that I don't do a lot. and so Oh, that me. is
0: something that you don't do.
1: <laughs> when I say that, I mean, she really just don't be breathing. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I feel like that's like, I need to get one of those deep therapy sessions where I don't even know what it would be called. I think it's called, there's an acronym for it, and it starts with an E and it ends with the R, and this might be one or two letters in between there. E-D-R, E-M-D-R, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I need some type of deep therapy like that or something to figure out why I don't breathe all the time. But that's something that I'm practicing from this book. And one of the other things that I practice, which I was texting y'all about this morning, when I said highly recommend waking up and starting your day dancing to Beyonce's album all the way through, I did that for the whole first hour and two minutes of my morning. And I felt great because the second thing that I'm supposed to be practicing is moving my body every day. In yes. form wake up with renaissance it's the only way to do it so i did that this morning it was supposed to be 15 to 20 minutes but the book said of course you can do longer if you feel like it and i wanted to dance with the whole album so i did and i think it made my morning go a lot smoother so yeah that's the book that i'm reading right now I'm hoping to pick up a children's book very soon. I know I said that I love children's books and I predominantly read them and then I have not given y'all a children's book recommendation, but it's coming (laughs) very soon. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for the children's book recommendation. That wraps up our episode this week. Thank you for coming back for episode two. Please come back and join us next week. We're going to have our first guest outside of the host. Very excited to reconnect with someone that I met along my journey of becoming an educator back at Mizzou. We are also open to accepting interviews. Please fill out our interest form on the website, carpettimeconfessions.com, where we're just asking a couple of questions so that you too can come on the podcast and share your teaching experience. Anything else for yeah. Anything? Follow us on social media. Instagram at Carpet Time Confessions on Twitter, CT underscore confession.
0: All right. And the socials will be linked in the episode description. Please make sure you come back next week and join us on the carpet. Thanks, y'all. See y'all next week. Bye.